friends, and welcome to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations, including all those topics you are too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Melissa May, and my guest joining us today is an Asian American airline pilot, the first ever on this podcast. He is also the founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Professional Asian Pilots Association, better known as PAPA. It's my pleasure and honor to welcome Harley Pasadero to Asian Voices Radio. Welcome, Harley. Thank you for grounding yourself for a bit to join us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk and, and be part of your podcast. So uh, tell us a little bit about your life growing up in the U.S. I believe the conversation we had beforehand, you're the first of your family to be born in the U.S. And when did your parents immigrate to the U.S. from the Philippines? Uh, that's correct. I was the firstborn from my family in the United States. Uh, they actually immigrated in the early 70s. My dad with the Navy and then my mom shortly after. Uh, he was recruited out there in, in the Philippines along with a, a lot of other Filipinos. Uh, because of that, I ended up in these towns, Navy towns, with huge you know, Filipino populations and, and a sense of community within the Filipino uh, you know, family there. Uh, I'm, I'm from San Diego, born and raised, um, again, one of four, uh, three sisters. I've been an airline pilot for about 12 years now. I've been flying since I was 14, so that was 1994, and it was through a program in my high school that actually offered, um, you know, flying opportunities, flying lessons in ground school. It was actually a magnet program uh, where you could either... Um, Build an aircraft, you know, similar to shop where you work on a car, but you worked on each class worked on building an aircraft and and, and contributing to to building this plane. Uh, the other was aerospace engineering, and then the flying portion, which what I was really interested in, and I became interested in flying because being my parents being from the Philippines, one year we we went back to their hometown, and it was that international flight. Uh, actually, it was the first flight, the connection, the international connection from San Diego to LAX that, that did it for me, you know, the acceleration and, and being up there and thinking, wow, you can actually do this for a living and, and be able to, to make this a career. And so everything I've done up until this point was uh, to get me to there. So, yeah, I've been an airline pilot now, like I said, for about 12 years. And, and there's things I've seen in the industry, which you know, I wasn't really um, oblivious to growing up in, in these um, mostly populated, uh, Asian populated communities. Um, you know, you never really think about um, how important that is, I guess you could say. Um, my high school in particular is one of the largest uh, west of the Mississippi, about 2,000 student body. And one year in the yearbook, they printed out a, a pie chart of the different ethnic backgrounds and and Filipinos happened to, uh, you know, compass one of the large chunks of the pie chart. And in addition to that, you know, the typical languages that you are taught or you have uh, option to choose from, second language in high school, you know, Spanish, French, German, Filipino was actually one of those uh, in my junior high and my high school because that's how prevalent the the Filipino population was in my community. And I thought it was a great opportunity to take that along with flying to learn about my uh, culture. And, and um, you know, I thought maybe I could get an easy A with my parents helping me with the Filipino language, but it turned out there's uh, about a hundred different dialects with a thousand different islands. You're gonna have that many different types of languages. And, 
and you know, it turned out they were teaching the very more specific um, Tagalog, and, and my parents, you know, that that's not their strongest uh, dialect there, so I ended up leaving that class with a B, <laughs> thinking I could get an A. But anyhow, it it opened me up to the the Filipino culture, and uh, yeah, so that was my my childhood. Obviously, coming from a military family, you may have been encouraged by your parents to go into the military, but was it difficult or were there any challenges um, when you approached your parents telling them that you wanted to become an airline pilot? Sure. You know, growing up in a military family in, in you know, the in a Navy town, almost every relative I know of was a, was a Navy, you know, every uncle was a Navy uncle, a uh, Navy guy, every some some aunties and and. Um, there were quite a bit of, uh, you know, external factors that played into it. I was in high school ROTC. Uh, the military was all around me. I don't remember shopping at a regular grocery store. It was always at the Navy Exchange or the Navy Commissary. So that's what I was used to. So it was inevitable I was going to go into the military. But in terms of flying, you know, everyone always thought it was a great goal. It was a great, you know, um, something to set my, you know, my uh, hopes towards and, and whatnot, but it, it it's not something that was seen by my parents. It was not something that was represented normally within that community. So, you know, becoming a pilot, there was no one really you could um, look up to or uh, follow their career path. Uh, you know, the typical nurse, doctor, engineer, that's what you're going to be, you know, traditional uh, Asian household. That, that, that seemed to be prevalent. And, you know, if I were to ask any relative or my parents how to get how to become a, a nurse or a doctor, they give me a, a foolproof plan from, you know, high school all the way to college and and then some, right? But if I if I were to ask them how do I be an airline pilot, which I did, you know, the typical response would be join the military. Um, and it's not cheap. That either. is a great <laughs> career path. Is yes, and that is a great career path, and it and it it's been successful for a lot of people, but. It's not for everyone, you know. I wouldn't want someone going into the military if, if they, you know, didn't want to be there. So, you know, educating the community about the different paths into aviation was was a barrier. Um, for me, you know, after high school, after that program ended, I I uh, didn't have the resources to to fund that uh, the flight training. So I actually took a break from it. And when I actually became a nuclear power instructor, I was actually um, doing a nine to five job. I actually had a regular uh, schedule. I wasn't going out to sea. I wasn't going out to deployment. So I actually can get back into flight training again. And I use that GI Bill um, to help fund that. But yeah, that's one barrier. Throughout my entire career, there's been multiple barriers, uh, you know, financially, uh, support from the family, um, even as a Navy guy getting out, you know, I had a young family and to make that big career move took um, a lot of support from you know my partner, my wife. Uh, we had little ones, and, and so making that big move it might be different for some other people who are single and whatnot. But you know, most typical airline pilot careers, you're leaving uh, home for a couple of days, and so if you have something going on at home, you need that support structure. So I definitely wouldn't have been able to make it happen without uh, the support at home. So that is an, another huge barrier I had to overcome. Um, being an airline pilot, 
maybe it's changed over the years since you started your career, but are there a lot of AAPI, um, you know, colleagues of yours in your line of work, or do you kind of see more of other races representing airline pilots? And are there any challenges that you face as an Asian American pilot? No, I'm glad you bring up that it, it has changed quite a bit. You know, I'm, I think my life since high school has always been atypical of what the career choices I've chosen. Uh, the nuclear world, uh, when I went in, it was not very AAPI prevalent. Um, you know, it was actually, I had quite a bit of relatives that asked, why did you choose the nuclear field? Filipinos or Asians don't do that. You know, because you get caught in the cycle, you know, they, they help each other out with one job and you tend to go with what you're comfortable with or what's proven successful and not venture out, you know, and and that, that's something that started with the thing that the nuclear field was, it wasn't very prevalent then. It's changed now. Uh, I guess, you know, from people like me that actually stepped up and tried to, you know, pursue that and show that, you know, there's people like that look like you and I in this career field that, that can be successful in it. But uh, definitely in the airline community, um, the whole reason I helped start APAPA, the Professional Asian Pilots Association, was um, the airline I happened to be working for at the time, uh, there was only a small group of us that, you know, were Asian. And a lot of times we would get, con uh, other people would get us confused. They would think, you know, oh, you're so-and-so, or they would ask me about my friends, girlfriend or spouse, but I'm like, oh, that's not me. You're getting me confused with the other Filipino guy that works here, you know? And that kept going on. And, and you know, one day we were, you know, at a, at a function sitting around, uh, uh, gathered around, you know, having uh, some drinks. And, and we looked around, and it was all the Asian pilots from our one airline, a majority of us. And we we're thinking, wow, this is, this is all of us, you know, you know, we need uh, some representation here because there are actually quite a bit of other, uh, what do you call them, affinity groups out there in the airline world, uh, the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals, National Gay Pilots Association, Latino Pilots Association, Women um, in Aviation International, and those all those groups um, do great work, and, but there was nothing representing Asians. And so I thought maybe Why not? we should start one. And, you know, I threw it out there as just an idea and as a, as a you know, I, I want to say as a joke amongst, uh, you know, all of us that we should, we should start this. We need some representation. And shortly after, one of the founding directors through a statistic, so this is kind of old, at the time, um, I think in the United States, only two and a half percent of airline pilots were of Asian descent, API descent, and... Um, if you want to break it down into male and female, I don't even think that they're keeping track of it because that number is so, so, you know, minuscule, you know, I don't even think they're keeping track. It's going to even be even smaller in the uh, women's side and the, you know, female pilot, Asian pilot side. So with that statistic being thrown out there, I thought, wow, this has got to change, you know. And so for me, going back to growing up in, you know, such a prevalent Asian community, you know, I never really thought, I, I all I knew is I wanted to be an airline pilot. It was a passion of mine, but I never really thought about what the work environment or the culture would look like and how that would play into, you know, me feeling, you know, welcome in, you know, and, and my uh, knowledge and my skills being um, considered. And when 
I did get into the airline industry. I saw there was a lopsidedness. There wasn't an even, uh, the landscape didn't look very even uh, to the point where, you know, I'd show up for work with a brand new crew and, and you know, I'd be a, let's say I was a captain at the time, uh, one specific example, you know, wearing uh, four gold stripes, you know, the captain hat and everything. And everyone's still thinking I'm the flight attendant because I'm not the typical representation of what or any kind of bias that most people have of what a typical airline pilot should look like, which is, you know, the gray haired, you know, older white guy, you know, and uh, I even had a flight attendant ask me once, do I know what I'm doing? And I'm like thinking, you know, to get to this point to sit in the left seat is a very, you know, um, long process and, and it's a very, you know, tedious one the, and very involved. So, of course, I know what I'm doing, but they started to ask that because I wasn't that typical, you know, or what they thought, you know, uh, we as pilots commute, we jump seat quite a bit. And I know there has been a couple of times where uh, when I would go up to the customer service agent to uh, to request to jump seat, they would put me down as the flight attendant. So even though I'm in full captain uniform, for some reason in their mind, it wasn't registering, you know, that this is an airline pilot. And, you know, because it was that, that landscape has always been predominantly, you know, the typical elder, you know, gray-haired white man. And, you know, it, and it's changed. It's actually changed for the better. I hope to think that Papa had something to do with a little bit of that. Um, the social climate of today is also helping, but, um, you know, uh, it's nice to see that Asians are considering a career field in, you know, in this industry versus the, the typical nurse, doctor, engineer, you know, <laughs> and what have you. Well, let's roll with that, Harley, and keep talking about Papa. What is its mission and who is involved with it? Uh, sure. Um, APA, our, our blanket mission statement is, to, is dedicated to bringing awareness and support to all members of the Asian community in all fields of aviation. Uh, we hope to inspire current and prospective professionals towards a fulfilling career in aviation. And we hope to aspire to promote diversity and inclusion in an industry that frankly is underrepresented by uh, many demographics. Uh, we were established in 2017. I think I told you earlier, it's a group of pilots just sitting around. So there's 20 of us from a regional airline that um, a couple airlines ago that, that that's no longer in business. Uh, we were just passionate about flying and what started as a singular group chat between, you know, all of us, you know, gradually involved, evolved into a full-fledged organization, uh, connecting, empowering uh, all sorts of individuals who share the same vision uh, to overcome Asian underrepresentation in the aviation industry. Um, again, what the driving factor for that was that statistic I threw out there, about 2.5% of uh, all certificated airline transport pilots in the United States were, you know, Asian, of Asian descent, uh, which is a very small number that we really, you know, would like to see go up. Uh, so what started as a, uh, about 20 of us is developed into over 1,500 members. Uh, we give over $500,000 in flight, uh, re aviation related scholarships every year. Uh, we have a mentorship program. We have four collegiate chapters. Uh, we are either a partner or sponsored by almost every airline in the United States. And we just uh, hosted one of the biggest uh, job fairs in the airline industry in the US 
it was our inaugural event this past July. And we sold out in about two hours. We had about a thousand attendees and over 60 exhibitors, which is quite a bit for the airline industry. Uh, if you think about, you know, the number of airlines out there in the U.S., I, you know, probably can't even count up to this name 60. I, I can't even, but apparently they're they're out there. And, um, you know, we were the first to implement uh, the Asian culture and aspects of, you know, our rich heritage into our event uh, with food, uh, performances. Uh, we even opened up with a, a big uh, dragon dance that kind of blessed the uh, uh, the floor, the main uh, exhibit hall, uh, which is not typical of, of these uh, job fairs or these events that happen every year within the airline industry. So it was, it was a great uh, success enough to be asked if we could put on two a year, which, you know, is not happening. One was, was a big accomplishment as, as, you know, to begin with and, and to be asked to do two was, you know, a compliment, but it's, it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, but... Again, it was just my idea, and I think, you know, like most um, airline pilots, we think we could do almost anything as long as, we, you know, we have a great plan and whatnot. But when it comes to, like, these nonprofit organizations, I think you, you tend to see that someone with a great vision and, you know, um, an idea isn't always the best person to implement. So I have a team working, you know, to help implement a lot of these um, these visions, these initiatives, uh, because executing them is one thing. Uh, you know, to have the idea is one and to execute them is another. And so we have a, a board of directors that uh, they're all associated with the airlines in some way. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, we are still growing and uh, we hope to be doing more within the uh, airline industry and promoting uh, youth uh, career progression, especially is what we're targeting so that, uh, you know, like the story I shared with you earlier is not being repeated again where, you know, you have the young, you know, Filipino guy asking, son asking, how do I become an airline pilot? And, and parents being, you know, telling them, you know, join the military. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of career paths. That is one of the good ones, but it's not, it's not the only one. And as we were talking about, like, it's very expensive to go to flight school and become a pilot. And you had mentioned that Papa provides school scholarships. Um, what are the qualifications, if you remember off the top of your head, for one to receive a scholarship and um, how do they apply? So um, we offer scholarships to our members. So being a, a PAPA member is uh, is one of the requirements. Uh, the majority of our scholarships are provided by the, the different airlines. And so they set their own criteria but we as a, an association are part of the selection committee um, and help with choosing. Again, um, one of the biggest things is 18 or over, over, you know, just we're looking holistically overall, you know, what, what are we seeing here? What kind of, you know, potential as a airline candidate are we, are we going to be sending, you know, with this, uh, you know, scholarship? Uh, again, it, it'd be, to, um, I don't even have a broad idea of, of uh, what we're looking for because every airline sets their own standards. But, you know, if you come and visit our, our website and you see the various scholarships, you can get an idea of what we're looking for for each particular one. And in the future, Papa will be also helping 
with uh, just providing a general scholarship for anything that you may um, may need to help you through the flight training. So it wouldn't be necessarily geared towards paying for the flying portion of it. So um, that's something you could look forward to. And we are still setting the criteria for that as well. But we're at that point now where we would like to provide our own scholarship external to the airlines. And uh, so wow. visit the website and you can uh, get an idea. from. And there. what's that website? www.asianpilots.org. We like to keep it really simple there. Asianpilots.org. That's straightforward. <laughs> so. Well, do you have any wisdom or advice that you'd like to give our listeners, especially the future generations of aspiring pilots that may or may not be have parents as supportive of yours, and also those who are considering a career transition to become a pilot sure. or flight instructor? Well, um, first, educate yourself about every you know everything that has to do with the career. Don't let anyone discourage you um, about it or let any bias or misconceptions that may come with it affect you. Again, we always, uh, we had mentioned earlier about, or I had mentioned earlier about um, what that typical uh, representation of an airline pilot that most people think should look like. And, and you know, that's something we're trying to overcome. So those, those misconceptions, I think, you know, it's kind of funny that I bring this up, but, you know, the movie Maverick, the new, the new one that just came out, um, if you compare it to the previous one, you see that it's very a lot more diverse. Uh, diverse, and and so I think that's a good that's a good sign, you know. It's great. Um, but um, again, seeing that maybe will help encourage uh, others to pursue a career that they otherwise wouldn't consider. Uh, in terms of more specifically the technical side of being an airline or being a becoming a pilot, uh, the first thing you got to work on is getting your private pilot certificate, and I suggest for that is going out to your local airport and taking an introductory flight or what's known as a discovery flight. And usually there's no strings attached to that. It's it's uh, basically to show you what flight training is all about. You go up with an instructor for about an hour or two. You might be able to bring a friend or your, your parent um, up. Uh, what most people know about flying is what they've experienced in the back of an airliner, you know, as a passenger in the cabin. And flight training is, you know, completely different. Even, you know, just being able to see forward versus yeah. out the side of a airline window, you know, is, is completely different, you know, and so many, so buttons. that might, um, correct. And, uh, so just getting a feel for if this is something you actually want to pursue, you know, before actually investing into it with time and, and res other resources, uh, take that introductory flight. And, and, and I don't mean to go out to LAX and, uh, you know, go knocking on a door and say, give me an introductory flight. Or we're talking about the smaller fields, most of the smaller airports, let's say, for example, I say LAX, just go to Torrance instead or something like that, El Monte or something uh, close by. That's it's a smaller field. Most small airports have a flight school or what's known as a fixed base operator, FBO, that offer flight lessons or an introductory flight and, and start there. Um, private pilot certificates the first thing you got to do and you it's you know a certificate to continue learning because once you get that you can start pursuing other um, certificates uh, ratings eventually for different aircraft and whatnot and realistically I know obviously life happens and whatever but if you consistently do all that you need to do how long does it take to become or get to the position where you are in terms of years 
So for me, you, you know, the industry is always changing, especially the airline industry. To become a pilot, let's just say you want to do this recreationally, it doesn't take very long, as long as you're consistent with the flight lessons and you're progressing. It's just like anything. If you're consistently doing it, you're making progress. If you're not keeping up with it, you're always taking a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, right? So the FAA publishes, you can get a pilot certificate in as little as 30 to 40 hours. Uh, depending on how you go about doing it, right? And that's just the private pilot certificate. So we're not talking about, you know, flying a big airliner across the ocean or anything like that. So starting there, you know, you can get that certificate in a very short amount of time. Um, but typically, you know, get to my position, you, you know, I've, I've mentioned most of my career earlier. Uh, it, you know, I, I've been at my current company now for about five years. I started flying when I was... Uh, uh, 14, but I didn't really get serious about it until um, until about uh, you know a little over 12 years ago. Uh, so you know it was it was different then. The industry could be cyclic. Um, you know, it right now is a great time if you were to pursue uh, um, a career in aviation. Uh, just like any other industry, you have a huge workforce that comes and then needs to retire. Uh, there is a mandatory retirement age for airline pilots, which is 65. And so, you know, we're coming up to that point where a lot of uh, airline pilots have been around for decades are hitting that point. So there's a there's a big need. I think you've, most people have been seeing it in the media, in the news, uh, pilot shortages here and there, airlines having to cut back on routes. So right now is a great time. It could It could be a very short amount of time relative to when I first started to get yourself into the flight deck of an airliner. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your profession? Those that are maybe dislike flying and interested? It seems like you've been very passionate about it from a young age, but what would you say is your most rewarding part of your profession? Yeah, so for me personally, um, again, working with various crews has been very rewarding. Uh, being able to you know, take a plane full of passengers from point A to B and them being very thankful and happy for getting them there safely is very rewarding in itself. But personally, just being, having a love for aviation and everything flying, being able to do that when I come to work and get paid to do it was, is a very rewarding thing for me. You know, that I get to see airplanes every day, I get to talk, airplane talk, I get to, you know, fly an aircraft. Uh, personally, that that's very rewarding to me as well. But the accomplishment of taking people to what matters most to them, seeing their loved ones, getting them to a vacation destination, and them being very thankful is, is, you know, there's a sense of accomplishment there too. I'm probably one of the random people that do this, but I always try as I'm walking off of a plane to look into the cockpit and at least yell a thank you. I'm sure, you know, pilots are busy breaking down what they need to do, but I always try to yell thank you, you know, for getting me there safe. Hopefully you get thank you'd a lot because it, it is quite an an accomplishment to go from point A to point B in an airplane. I don't think people, at least the average person, doesn't understand the difficulty of. I have friends <laughs> that are airline pilots, and they're they're, well, they're sorry, they only have their private pilot's license, and just to get that was was a lot of time and work and studying. So the fact that you're at the level that you are is is leaps and bounds, um, and it's the fact that you did it as an Asian American without a lot of guidance, you kind of forged your own path, which is, it was pretty amazing. But unfortunately we are out of time today. 
could speak with you. I'm sure the listeners would want, to, would want to learn a lot more about becoming a pilot. Maybe you even converted some listeners. Hopefully you did and they're go, they're going to join Papa. But before we go, do you have a website or social media handle that our listeners can um, learn more about you and your work? Yeah, so the website, asianpilots.org, is where you can visit um, our association's website. And from there, uh, you can obviously navigate around and, and see what we have to offer. In addition to that, our Instagram is at, uh, Papa Social, and the Facebook page is at uh, Papa, or I'm sorry, at Asian Pilots. Uh, so AsianPilots.org, at Asian Pilots for Facebook, and then um, Papa Social for our Instagram account. I love the fact that it's the acronym is Papa because it's very it's very memorable. No one will forget Papa. Don't forget Papa. Well, once again, thank you so much, Harley, for sharing your remarkable story here with us on Asian Voices Radio. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our API community with a voice through media arts. If you would like to support our program and make a donation, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. Thank you so much all for listening. I'm your host, Melissa May. Please join us again next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices Radio show. Until next time, take care, everyone, and be safe. 